Yeah, good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. Troy here with you until 7pm. And we will be going live to Cork Park very, very shortly indeed as Cork lead Waterford in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Camogie Final. 4-9 to 6 points is how it stands at the moment. Joe McCarthy is ready and waiting to talk to us. There will also have reaction from the Junior Intermediate Games as well. But it's all about Cork as they look to lift the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018 after losing the last two finals. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Absolutely delighted you could join us. It's looking like it's going to be Cork's day. Um, they are leading 4-9 to 6 points as things stand in Croke Park. 42 minutes on the clock. Uh, Cork looking very, very comfortable indeed after three goals in quick succession at the start of the second half. Ger McCarthy, the hardest working person in the business, has one of the best seats in the house at Croke Park today. And we go live to headquarters now. And Ger, that blitz of goals at the start of the second half has stunned Waterford and has put Cork really well and truly in the driving seat 100% Rory um, at half time it was 1-9 to 3 points thanks to Sasha McCartan's excellently taken goal Waterford did have a chance just before the break when Bet Carton was awarded a penalty but she fired the penalty wide and instead of going in 6 points down instead it was 1-9 to 3 but the start of the second half the Rebels went up through a couple of gears first Fiona Keating burst clear fed Amy O'Connor who made no mistake with a brilliant finish and from the resulting puck out they worked the ball down the corner again and the car captain cut in and made no mistake with a stunning finish for her second goal in as many minutes and then to add to that Katrina Mackey um, turn provider on this occasion the full forward providing Amy O'Connor with the ball in another dangerous position she made no mistake to give Cork a fantastic 4-9 to not 3 lead now since then Waterford have added a couple of more points it's now 4-9 to not 6 but it's damage limitation for the Dacia and Cork have been brilliant at the start of the second half. Not let up after coming in with a commanding lead. They've been on it since the opening whistle and a word two for their full back line who've been superb all the way through, giving Waterford no chance whatsoever. And right now, with 43 minutes gone, Rory, in front of a record attendance for, of 30,191 for an All-Ireland Senior Camogie final, is Cork in the most commanding of positions, 4-9. Waterford six points and the Rebels know as a case mm. of how much they're going to win this one by. Yeah, there was a ferocity about Cork from minute one, Jared. They obviously losing the last two finals has hurt them immensely and I've never seen a Cork team so focused and fired up in the final. Yes, Rory, it, it was pretty obvious even from the start that they weren't uh, getting three points inside the first couple of minutes. They weren't going to take the foot off the gas for this one. Um, you can't let a team as good as, as Amy O'Connor lands yet another score from a free to edge Cork further ahead for 10 to 6 points you can't let a good team like Waterford despite this scoreline they are a very very good team but Cork have been on it since the opening whistle and I think to be fair having witnessed their two previous outings against Galway and Kilkenny the two teams that beat Cork for the last two All-Ireland finals those matches now have stood to Cork because um, the team uh, lovely balance to it and in control all over the pitch from the opening minute built that early lead as I said 1-9-0-3 but those three goals from Amy mm. O'Connor what a player what a finisher and it's fantastic to see so many fans up here to witness it as well and enjoy it um, as we said look, they, they've simply blown Waterford away I thought it was going to be a much closer final today I really did but you can't really just you can't account for that kind of quality finishing from a world class player like Amy O'Connor but a word too for the build up play from the players behind her she'd be the first to admit it this is a superb park performance from start to finish but it's, it's such a performance because they had to put a similar performance in against both Kilkenny and Galway. 
And don't forget, this is the Waterford team that defeated Cork in the Munster Championship before those two games. It's also that big game experience there that Cork have, that obviously Waterford have, it's their first final since 1945. Cork have that experience of Croke Park on the big day. They absolutely do, Rory. And um, as we watch Katrina Mackey fire over another score, brilliant score there for Cork. They now lead 4-11 to 6 points. They're just pulling further and further away here. The big match experience is one thing, but the hurt, Rory, of losing those two finals. We covered them on the big red bench the last two years. The heartbreak of losing to Galway by three points was one thing, but last year, losing by a single point to Kilkenny was a really tough one to take. This year, things are different, though. Cork have built a stronger, much stronger panel, and the game changers that Matthew Toomey's been able to call upon to come off the bench have been the difference this year. Cork are much stronger off the bench, and they've needed those players off the bench in the previous rounds. They won't need them today, even though they're bringing them on right now because they're they're on their way to bringing the O'Duffy Cup back to Leeside. Um, but it's been a terrific, I suppose, couple of months for Cork. And perhaps the turning point was that Munster Championship loss to Waterford. But this panel, this team, not just this team, but the entire panel, have really grown up in the last 24 months. They've had to bounce back from not one All-Ireland final loss, but two. And they're showing their true metal and their true worth today with a fantastic all-round performance. And as you said, Gerald, the substitutions come on, it shows the, the strength of that Cork team. You see the likes of Orla Cronin coming on there for Cork, and you just think any manager in the country would kill to have Orla Cronin in their starting 15. And that just underlines the point, Rory, as you rightly say. If you can bring somebody on of the quality of Orla Cronin for the last 20, 25, 30 minutes, what does that do to the opposition when they see that type of player coming off the bench? It's a, you know, you're kind of saying, oh God, who's going to come on next? Um, and that's really what Matthew Toomey and his management team have had to build since last year's All-Ireland final loss. They've had to build a panel, not just a 14-15, because one of the talking points coming into today's final, usually coming into All-Ireland finals, Rory, as you well know here on the big red bench, we have a fair idea what the starting 15 for Cork is going to be. But that hasn't been the case this year. It's been very difficult to figure out who's going to actually start and who's going to come in, such as the quality of the people on the bench. And uh, look, it's being borne out now today at Crow Park on the biggest stage of them all. I mean, leading four, 11 to six points yeah. in an All-Ireland final, you couldn't really ask for much more, but fully, fully deserved it. And even before Amy O'Connor's brilliant hat-trick in whatever number of minutes it was, Cork were commanding leaders of 193 points anyway. Um, and as Beth Carton stands over another free and lands it for Waterford to bring their tally up to seven. It's a real disappointment for them because they brought a huge crowd with them today. But look, you, can, you just class is permanent Rory and Amy O'Connor is simply class yeah absolutely well said Jar. we'll come back to you at full time Jar. thanks for that no bother talk to you soon that's Jar McCarthy there the hardest working person in the business uh, live from uh, Croke Park as Cork close in on uh, lifting the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018 the heartbreak of the last two years losing those two finals and they will be long forgotten by the time they lift the O'Duffy Cup in about 25 minutes time the way things are going unless Waterford can mount the comeback of all comebacks um, it's highly unlikely but it's sport anything can happen McCorker in such a commanding position 4-11 to 7 points is how it stands there at the moment um, a 16 point lead uh, for the Rebels as things stand and look Cork motoring along very very nicely indeed and it's looking good very very good indeed for Cork Earlier on, Derry and Meath played out a 1-9-2-6 draw in the intermediate final. That have to go to a replay. And uh, in the uh, junior decider earlier on today, uh, Clare beats at Munster Idol Superior 3-7-2-1-9. That was the opening game of the day in Croke Park. Triple header. It's a shame that the, the core game started um, so late in the evening. But um, 
when you have three All-Ireland finals to get through I suppose it's understandable as you in a massive crowd in Crow Park there as well for the Glendimplex uh, finals today and uh, of course all our focus on, is on this Cork team and uh, them lifting the Duffy Cup uh, very very shortly indeed looking very very good for Cork um, but yeah it's been electric from Cork and hopefully we'll get some reaction from the Cork team before we get out of here uh, at 7pm Elsewhere in football and uh, Cork City currently in action against Shamrock Rovers. About eight minutes on the clock there. Scoreless uh, between Rovers and uh, Cork City at the moment in Tala. Big, uh, big um, game for Cork City as uh, we heard during the week that um, they just, uh, after they lost uh, to Shelburne, um, trying to get a new manager in and uh, talks of all, all that and it's been a, an interesting week for the Rebel Army but they are scoreless here with the league leaders uh, who were well beaten by French Farris Cork have gotten a fifth goal it's now Cork 5-11 Waterford 7 points goals win games they certainly certainly do but Cork are electric they're cutting through that Waterford defence like a hot knife through butter and they're just scoring for fun Um, 5-11 now for Cork 7 points for Waterford it's a 19 point gap Um, so it's not looking good uh, for the Rebels at all and then Ashton Thompson has just come on for Cork and you're thinking to yourself lads take it easy on us you bring on one of the best players who ever played the game for the last 10 minutes or so it's just it's it's electric stuff from Cork and uh, it's going to be celebrations on Lee side tonight after a fantastic uh, performance elsewhere today in football and uh, busy busy uh, day in the championship get to those scores in a sec uh, it's gone to penalties between Manchester City and Arsenal finished level there at a goal uh, apiece so that game is going to go to penalties elsewhere uh, today in the championship three games taking place today Leicester beating Coventry City 2-1 Leeds came from 2-0 down to finish level with Cardiff and Ipswich a goal up away to Sunderland 48 minutes on the clock there back to back champions of the United States are out of the FIFA Women's World Cup they were beaten on penalties by Sweden in their last 16 clash in Melbourne this afternoon Lena Hurtig scored the winning spot kick in a 5-4 victory with Megan Rapinoe among the American players to miss the Swedes now face Japan in the quarterfinals Netherlands meanwhile through to the last eight after a 2 win against South Africa. They'll meet Spain next. In swimming, Ellen Keane has finished second in the 100 metre breaststroke SP8 final at the Paris Swimming World Championships. The Dumbler clocking a time of 1 minute 21.43 seconds. Elsewhere, Roisin Nureen competes in the 200 individual medley SM13 final just before quarter to seven. Athletics slugger man Chris O'Donnell has been invited to represent Ireland in the 400 metres at the upcoming World Athletics Championships in Budapest. That comes following Thomas Barr's withdrawal from the 400 metres hurdles yesterday after picking up an injury in training. The World Championships take place in the Hungarian capital from the 19th to the 27th of August. 24 Irish athletes will compete. Cork leading 5-11 to 7 points against Water for 52 minutes on the clock there and... Um, it's going to be a very, very good day. And it's just an incredible performance from Cork. They have blown Waterford away. I'm not sure uh, anyone would have expected such a wide margin in an All-Ireland final. But as I was mentioning to Jur, that big game experience counts for so much, especially on All-Ireland final day. And Cork have that in space. They've been in this position before. They know what it's like uh, to be in Croke Park in an All-Ireland final. 
and uh, Cork going into the game as favourites, certainly justifying that favourites tag uh, today as uh, they're blown Waterford away. Uh, less than 10 minutes to go now Cork 5-11 Waterford 7 points um, so yeah it was absolutely fantastic stuff let's get reaction now um, from the uh, junior final Clare beat Munster out of the Brewery 3-7 to 1-9 in the Premier Junior Decider earlier on today Clare captain is Sinead O'Keefe in conversation with Jonathan Higgins Sinead All-Ireland champions how does that feel? God, it's strange to think that we actually got over the line and to hear that. Um, it's amazing. And we've dreamed about this. We've, you know, a lot of us have been on the panel, really worked hard for this for a long, long time. And to finally get to walk up those Hogan stand steps and lift that cup, it's, it's, it's absolutely surreal. It hasn't sunk in. I know everyone says that, but yeah, it'll take a while, but we'll make sure to celebrate it. <laughs> I can imagine each, each step up there after you've done it must be surreal almost. Yeah, I suppose we came here for the media day and we came here yesterday for a look around and looking at those steps, I, I looked at them from the field, didn't go near them, but dreamt of actually getting up them and I really relished that opportunity today, taking them one step at a time. So, um, yeah, it's been great. And I say you give your supporters maybe a bit of a wobble there. Let's put it politely, you didn't start the best. Yeah, we like to make it a little bit difficult to make it exciting. Um, the first 20 minutes, I think we, we the nerves really got to us. Um, you know, it's a big occasion. We tried to, to work on that during the week and, and prepare for that. But obviously, you know, it's a big occasion. We've all dreamt of this day. Um, but I think we worked on our game plan all year. We, we kind of did that in the semi-final too, where we came in and out of the game. So we, we just kept relaxed, worked on, you know, those little steps um, and getting the ball over the bar. And that's, that's exactly what we did. So the forwards were phenomenal in getting that there. Yeah, that couple of minutes before half-time, once you hit that purple patch, were probably key, as were, were the five probably after half-time as well. Yeah, I suppose we went in at half-time and we thought, you know, we were in the exact same position as we were in the semi-final against Armagh. We probably didn't start that game either, and we kind of built on that experience today. We settled um, in the last ten minutes of that first half. We got our scores and levelled it. And we went in level at half-time, even though we hadn't really played any hurling. We let Tip get that ball. Um, so we're really proud that the way we stepped up in the second half. Phenomenal. Cueve Cal, she's only 18, stood up there in full forward and, and got those scores so I'm, I'm really proud of everyone That second half was just a, a special performance it's the perfect way to win an All-Ireland title Yeah, I suppose we make it a bit more exciting no point going out and, and having a, a, a terrible game that our supporters don't enjoy so why not make it a bit stressful well, I suppose you could have been here maybe with the ladies football sooner or later you're delighted with your choice now obviously Yeah, absolutely delighted, you know if you get to walk up the steps the Hogan stand as captain, that's great and, and maybe I wouldn't have had that um, opportunity if I was playing both codes, I'm absolutely delighted for the football and I can't wait to be here again next week and cheering them on from the stands and supporting them and I know they'll get over the line next week against Kildare too so Firstly I think you have a bit of celebrating to do Absolutely it's going to be a great week get back to Clare tonight it's going to be a great night so hopefully everyone will come out and support us again Yeah indeed congratulations to Clare after winning the Premier Junior decider still Cork 5-11 Waterford 7 points I mean it's just uh, ticking by there uh, let's hear more from that Clare camp it's here from midfielder Neve Mulqueen Neve, I think that smile really says it all it's a special day for Clare Oh it's amazing like that feeling when the final whistle goes you actually can't describe it the relief is something else and then seeing all you know the girls that you've spent the whole year and a few years with to get to this point all together and the smiles you know you can't you can't explain what that feels like it feels like it's been a long journey getting to this point and now it's the rightful celebrations yeah like you start training in the end of September October and when you get knocked out at club championships or when you win um but like the prep starts years before that you know like you train for camogie for your whole life but like a hundred and something sessions we had like that's phenomenal and it could easily have gone the other way today you know so all of that effort all of that work 
that you put in could so easily mean nothing at the end. Now, it was great to get here and it's even better to win, but I'm just so happy we made it over the line. Playing on Crow Park, I, I suppose a standalone must be a special, you know, you talk about all the hard work, getting out here on the graceful turf must be magic. Yeah, like I can't explain how amazing that pitch looks, like the stuff that we've trained in before, like bad weather doesn't seem to come into it in Crow Park, like there's no muck, it's perfectly lined, it's beautiful, um, so it's great that when you get your chance to go out onto it, all the hard crap sessions that you've put in, in the rain and in the hail, really pay off when you get to go onto that pitch and it's just amazing. And I suppose you needed all your experience out there. You know, it was a difficult, a difficult challenge, particularly in the first half. Yeah, like, it, I think it took us a few minutes to settle, and by a few, probably like 20. Do you know, like, the game was kind of going away from us, I think, a small bit. Like, I think Tip had 1-2 or 1-3 before we got a score. Now, thankfully, like, it was worked from our backs. Like, Sinead Hogg got an, an outstanding block for it to be worked the whole way up the pitch, and then we were lucky enough to get a goal. And I think that goal gave us, like, definitely gave me the bit of, like, oh, do you know, we actually, we can still do this. This still isn't gone out of our reach. So it was amazing to be able to actually claw it back and kind of turn it over and run in the end. I can't, I can't believe it. You were a team on a mission in the second half. Let's put it that way. Oh, like at half time we were level and I think really we were lucky to be because the tip came out and they were firing. Um, but we just kind of relaxed in the dressing room. We said, look, we have a tackle count, we have a score count, we have things that we want to hit. And we just refocused, started from zero again and said, right, let's go. Pretend it's the start of the game now again and give it the 35-ish minutes that it was, give it hell. And I think we did. You talked about tattle counts, you talked about stack counts, but were you counting the steps when you were walking up the Hogan there? Yeah, I don't know. I was just running, I couldn't count it. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's great. Like when you see your captain and one of your best friends lifting that cup, like it's it's an amazing feeling. Um like the support that was there today, like every anyone that you can imagine was there, so it's amazing. I'm just so happy that we got there. There's a bit of celebration to do now. Well for the week I'd say. <laughs> Yes, Neil Mulqueen there of Clare after the Premier Junior final win today over at Tipperary. Um, last minute uh, of normal time in Cork and Waterford. Cork leading a 5-11 to 8 points. It's going to be some celebration back uh, when they get back to Side. It's going to be absolutely incredible and uh, well-deserved after losing the last two finals, lifting the Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018. Absolutely sensational stuff from the Rebels today. Um, it's, actually, it's just uh, Shamrock Rovers nil, Cork City nil. Uh, 15 minutes on the clock there and the city certainly giving themselves a uh, good account of themselves up in Tala against uh, a hoop side across out of Europe this week after losing the French Faros. Uh, let's go for more from that junior finalist here from Tip Boss, David Sullivan. David, disappointment now, but there was, I suppose it's very little scant contillation, but for so long your side played so well and fought to the absolute very end. Yeah, look, we made a fantastic start to the game and obviously we were 1-3 to no score up and we had a chance maybe to make a 2-3 to no score and be 9 up and probably we deserved to be, you know, on the way we were hurling and um, just, you know, unfortunately the, the ball was saved in a couple of passages of plays later, the ball was in the back of our own net and Clare seemed to grow from that and uh, I suppose we went in level at half-time and yeah, the first half was probably a game of two halves, we were dominant for the first 15 and Clare were dominant for the last 15 and I suppose at half-time then we just we looked to just settle back down again to our routine again but Clare got the better start in the second half and the two goals kind of uh, sucked the life out of us there for a small bit but like as I said to the girls inside the dressing room when we went down to 14 players with decisions to make we could have thrown in the towel and died and you know lost by 10, 11, 12 points but you know they decided to fight and they fought to the bitter end and you know the girls love wearing that Tipperary jersey and they know how much it means to them so uh, you know they were never going to do anything but fight but look, the, the reality is clear we're deserving winners today and we, we can't take that away from them small little things maybe we were feeling a bit aggrieved about and maybe little things that maybe in the game didn't happen that we needed it to happen but at the end of the day clear ahead in the scoreboard so they're the deserving winners and we, we just have to hold our hands up and say that and the very best of luck to them 
Yeah, after there was a neutral watching on, there was probably two things that took them in the second half. One was I thought when Claire got going, they were going to motor away, but she stood strong. And then the second yellow did seem a bit harsh, I have to say. Yeah, just incredibly harsh. And look, there was an incident down where one of their girls got a yellow card for doing something a little bit higher and a little bit more dangerous. And, you know, it's just, you know, but look, this is not about referee or anything. Look, I'm not even going to go down that road at the end of the day. You know, Claire won by, by four points. And, that, and that's the story of the game, anything that happened else in between. And it's just irrelevant now at the moment in time. And there's no point in complaining about that the game is done but I just feel immensely proud to be manager of this group of players and the effort that they've given me all year and um, you know I'm just I'm, I'm disappointed for them we couldn't finish the job today because you know Tipperary Camogie's been down for so long and for us to be back here today after 18 years in the final we had hoped to get over the line but look this day will make our girls stronger Clare have had to suffer some very hard days in semi-finals the last two years there with the near misses and you know they, they they got the better of that today then because of the hurt that they had for the last couple of years where we're just building something and the girls will have to use that hurt to come back next January and, and go again and please God get up the steps next year. Yeah, absolutely. There is so much you touched on Clare's experience. They got them over the line, but yet, just finally, the, the like a couple of you know flicks of the ball here, there, whatever, could have been a different story at the end. But you've certainly given a lot to to grow on for the years to come now. Yeah, look, we've a, we've we've a very strong um, youthful panel there. You know that a lot of girls there who would never have, have played in the Munster final earlier in the year or or played in an All Ireland final. So today is going to do them no harm at all. And you know if we can keep those core young girls together, and you know we can get some of our minors have been very good this year in the under 16. So we have a good base coming so if we can just keep the girls together and uh, you know add a few more uh, potential underage players to it and keep some of the older girls to stay on for experience there's no reason why the girls can't get back here again next year absolutely no reason at all you know they're good enough to be here and uh, you know I, I, I hope maybe next year this time next year we're the, we're the victorious team and we're the All-Ireland champions but you know losing is part of growing so we just have to grow from today and, and get back here stronger That's tip off David O'Sullivan today after their defeat to Clare in the Premier Junior Final um yeah, we'll get the reaction from the intermediate final in a bit. The senior final is into the last 60 seconds. Cork 5-13, Waterford 9 points is how it stands now. So a 19-point lead uh, for Cork. They are going to be crowned All-Ireland champions in the next couple of moments. Absolutely sensational stuff indeed. And uh, Shamrock Rovers nil, Cork City nil. And it seems to be, from what I've only have half an eye of it, half an eye on it, on LOI TV. Uh, but... City seems to be uh, acquitting themselves very, very well there against uh, the league leaders. Very poor against Shelburne last week. Uh, that Kevin Doherty issued our sag, I suppose, during the week when it emerged that uh, Cork City made an approach for him to come in immediately as the club's full time manager. Um, he turned him down. Um, and uh, yeah, so Cork City have come out firing today. Shamrock Rovers in the Cork City nil, but decent stuff there from Cork City. Just waiting for the full time whistle to go as. Uh, Cork lead Waterford 5-13 uh, to 9 points and it's going to be absolutely an incredible moment when that full time whistle goes and uh, all the Cork players rush onto the field and celebrate lifting the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since uh, 2018 it's been an incredible performance an absolutely incredible performance against uh, Waterford today and it's just been from minute one they have blown Waterford away and they have been absolutely incredible from the opening whistle and the full-time whistle has gone. Uh, Cork are the All-Ireland Camogie Champions for 2023. It's, it's absolutely fantastic to say that aloud after the heartbreak of the last year with Ger McCarthy. Cork are the All-Ireland Camogie Champions. 
Hello. Sure, can you hear me there? It's great to see you. Just Come about. There's quite a lot of screaming and my, <laughs> my earlobes are about to explode. But if you can hear me, it's 5.13 to 9.9. It's all over. Cork are the most deserving All-Ireland senior final winners on the back of Amy O'Connor's magnificent three-minute hat-trick and additional goals in the first half from Sergeant McCartan and a second-half one from Fiona Keating. A brilliant, brilliant day for Cork Camogie, Rory. Lots of tears, lots of emotion. These players have been through, and management team and supporters have been through so much over the last couple of years, losing two finals in a row. And uh, I'm delighted for them, absolutely thrilled, and I'm most delighted for Matthew Toomey, an absolute gent. And um, it's it's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, we'll try to make sense of it, I suppose, somehow, but like... (laughs) I suppose that'll come down later, but just for a moment, Cork are all champions. Heartbreak two years in a row, and finally, Ger, for this team to get the celebration they deserve. It's just incredible. Yes, and, ri- and richly, richly deserved on, on their, not just their performance today, Rory, but their previous two performances against Galway and Kilkenny as well. We mentioned it earlier, but to beat the last two All Ireland champions, the teams that denied you the O'Duffy Cup, takes unbelievable guts. To get back up, though, for the third year in a row, I come up to Crow Park and win, having felt the heartache that Waterford are feeling right now, shows the guts, shows the determination, shows the absolute class of this Cork panel. And it's a panel effort this year, Rory. That's the difference. The quality off the bench that Cork have been missing for the last couple of years is there now. And a fantastic performance, fully deserved. But a moment too for Waterford, because this is a tough, tough loss to take. They are a smashing Camogie senior team. They are coming it's going to take another while. It might take another few All-Ireland finals, maybe. But let's give them. Let's not pander to them because they are a much better team than this final and their performance suggested. They were just blown away by a, a team on a mission, a panel on a mission, a county on a mission. And I'm absolutely delighted for Cork. But commiserations to Waterford. They will be back. Yeah, and that mission has ended with the O'Duffy Cup. Joe, thanks for that. I'll leave you go down, try and talk to the players and hopefully be here some of them before <laughs> 7 o'clock. Letters. Well, <laughs> a happy man today. That's the hardest working person in the business right there, Ger McCarthy. Delighted. He's uh, worked very, very closely with that court team over the last number of years and uh, he's gotten us incredible access. I mean, like even the preview that we had uh, on the Women in Sport podcast and Red FM earlier on this week was incredible. An hour, uh, 15 interviews. It's just absolutely incredible. And... Uh, Brilliant, brilliant scenes here to see all uh, the Rebels celebrating, including uh, Red FM's own Hayley Ryan, who is part of the senior panel this year, uh, the Black Rock uh, Club woman. Fantastic to see Hayley involved and absolutely delighted uh, for her and all the Rebels. The scenes, their celebration are just brilliant. As they said to Jur, the last couple of years have been hard, losing two finals in a row. But uh, yeah, Cork are back. Cork are the All-Ireland champions for twenty. 23, the first time since 2018 there is going to be some party when the Rebels eventually get back to Leaside. Um, we'll, as I say, we'll get some reaction from Jerm in a while. Hopefully anyway, because uh, the um, the presentation still has to come as uh, Cork presented with the Cup and Jerm uh, has to go down and uh, try and get some, uh, some chats uh, with some of the players. So hopefully we'll hear from uh, the Cork camp before we get out of here. At 7pm. We are going to go back though to talk uh, Camogie as well and talk with the intermediate final. Derry and Mead playing out a draw today. 1-9 to 2-6. That's how it finished. They'll have to meet again in a replay. We'll hear from uh, both managers. Let's hear from Derry's PJ Mullen. PJ, I suppose it's probably hard to grasp your emotions after that game. Yeah, look, it's difficult to just take it in. Um, you know, it's... Um just the way the game went in the second half there you know we're probably delighted to be getting a replay um, um, 
going from being in control at half time you know even with 20 minutes to go we were probably still in control but then you know we just that we, I think we just we had a brick wall Meath stormed into the game and you know I would, I, I'm looking forward to watching it again because I just feel there was we, we, we couldn't even we couldn't even buy a free we could buy nothing you know we they, they just seemed everything just seemed to turn so but uh, it will be something we'll have to look at before we go home this evening it's a horrible old cliche the game of two halves but it even felt a bit more as you said you were like up tight there just everything went wrong for you guys like coming out we knew at half time that Meath would come out you know we knew they wouldn't be as bad again they, they, they had a poor first half by their standards we know they're a good team and they showed how good a team they were in the second half but everything just seemed to go against us I think we got one free in 34 minutes in the second half one free you know I, I did, maybe maybe it's just me maybe I'm wrong but um, I, I you know I, I, I don't know where all, 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 all the fouls came from you know what I mean so but look on another day Aoife McNogue would have scored that last free and uh, you know the, the, the situation would have been different so we're, we're happy to take a draw you have to confess watching first time high up I haven't seen a replay I thought it was over initially and then it was just like oh what the hell happened there sort of one of those weird sports moments I was lucky I was right in line with it for one of my selectors was down in front of me he said this is it and I said it is and I was right in line with it so I knew I knew I'd seen it I knew it was wide so I was quite happy you know, I just looked down and breathed a sigh of relief so um, it was just the view I had of it you know it was, it was just one of them things but look on another day from an scores them you know she's a super player you know so is it difficult conversations in the dressing room? I imagine a lot of shock, a lot of what the hell has happened, but yes, we're still alive nearly. Well, look, as I, I just said to the players there, you know, we could have been standing out there at the minute watching me get in the cup, but we're not. You know what I mean? We've, we've, we left the fight another day. Like, we've 24 of a panel there today. Only one's ever played in Croke Park. 23 of them on Croke Park for the first time today. You know, and people, you know, that's not to be taken lightly. You know what I mean? So, um, that's off their back now, you know. So um, we just have to, you know, you know, it's very difficult just to put any words, but we'll just have to look at it and see see where we went wrong, you know. So. At least you have the replay to look forward to. Probably extra time nearly would have been a killer unless you could have put a big stamper, a big line in the sand. Well, look, we had extra time the last day to get here, and um, we had a great extra time, you know what I mean? But, look, I think both teams were out on their feet, you know, the Croke Park factor. The ground's a wee bit heavy with the weather, and, um, you know, the, 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 we probably put a lot of effort into getting in front, and we've probably put a lot of effort into getting back. So um, I, th- I think both teams will go another day. So. As a neutral, I'm looking forward to the replay already. Uh, well, as a manager, you know, it's something we'll, 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 we'll deal with whenever it comes up. You know, I think we're just kind of waiting on date, time, venue at the minute. So hopefully halfway venue, Armagh, Newry, you know, hopefully. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's PJ Mullen there speaking after a Dowdy Straw with Mead in the intermediate final. Amy O'Connor has just lifted the Duffy Cup uh, for Cork. Brilliant, brilliant moment. Uh, Shamrock Rovers have gone a goal up on Cork City. Graham Burke it was with the goal. He had so much time on the edge of the box, just twisted and turned. Uh, took a shot that went past Ollie Byrne. I think when Ollie Byrne looks at this again, he's going to think, oh, I should have gotten a hand to this. Um, so it's uh, Shamrock Rovers 1, Cork City nil half an hour on the clock there. Uh, in Tala Amy O'Connor just giving her speech there a lot of happy faces in the uh, the core management team and, and all the players there that are uh, just in shot in Croke Park just there obviously and we will um, get reaction uh, as soon as we get it uh, let's hear from me it's uh, Brendan Skin. Brendan have you had a chance to catch your breath uh, an array of motions there no doubt over that game yeah to be honest with you I thought uh, 
at the end there I thought that was over the bar from the angle I was looking at it and I said I can't believe we've won this you know in fairness we would have robbed it at the end you know we did very very well to get back into the game um, first half performance just wasn't good enough just wasn't good enough and when they went an extra point in the second half and went to eight points ahead I did fear the worst I knew we were a fighting team and we'd get back into it as sure for the second half but um you know, we, we, we shored up the areas where we thought we were a little bit, little bit loose and we put one or two of their key players on a bit more pressure and, um, and we changed things around in the full forward line that I thought uh, worked very well in the second half. The girls themselves committed to themselves. They, uh, they really, you know, threw everything on the line and um, I was very relieved to get back in the game. I couldn't believe when we were getting back and, and when that goal went in we were right back in the next then. So it was great to see uh, mixed emotions at the end because I thought... You know, there was only one team with the tails up and the momentum was all needs at the end. It's just unfortunate that we couldn't see it over the line. I have to confess, from my view up on the press box, I was sure that was over. I was nearly celebrating as a neutral, a famous comeback. I know, I couldn't believe it myself. I, I, I couldn't believe it when it went wide and I said, please, someone look at Hawkeye, do something. But um, they're assuring me it went wide. So I'd like to see it on TV anyway. But if, it, if they say it's wide, it's wide. There's nothing you can do. Is there part of you that was nearly? I know your team had you know spent so much energy. No doubt, there's players are a little, they're wrecked in there. But the momentum was all with you. Had there been extra time, maybe? Or are you happy to come back in for a replay whenever that is? Um, I think I think extra time. It's I think it's, it's to be honest with you, extra time can be unfair on the girls. You know, they give everything for that. Everything is planned around the hour, an hour and ten minutes of a game, um, and then I suppose. Um, you know, then you've got to make changes. You've made substitutions based on certain times in the game. I think it's a fair result to take it out and, and go at it again another day, to be honest. And I imagine for the second day, you'll be hoping that you repeat the second half, not the first half performance. Yeah, no, I think we'll, um, we'll, have, we'll take a lot away from today. We know how good Derry can be. We knew coming into today that if you give them any space at all, they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll leave you chasing shadows. And that's what they did. They can stick their scores over from distance as well. So we'll have to close down those spaces. And um, we just have to get a little bit smarter as well on the support of our own players in forward. You know, we, we created a lot of chances in the first half. But as you saw in the second half, we'd only appoint, go on a point on the scoreboard. Not, not good enough, you know, not good enough at all. The girls know that though. But there's a lot of improvement. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of more come in them for sure there we go we're already looking for the replay look forward to the replay best of luck on that thank you very much thanks and you're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork so if, um, Amy O'Connor just wrapping up her speech there uh, at Croke Park lovely stuff indeed um, if they can get the microphone off she has been going a good while now uh, but it's brilliant to see Cork crowned All-Ireland champions today absolutely delighted for everybody involved in that Cork team as uh, Jor mentioned Matthew Toomey uh, an incredible figure and just um, just put so much hard work into this Cork team delighted for him delighted for every single one of those three two players who uh, wore the red of Cork today uh, and delighted for all the Cork supporters who had deal with heartbreak over the last two years but it's worth it on a day like today when you get to lift the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018 and the 29th time in total absolutely sensational stuff indeed we'll take a little break when we come back we'll hear more from Jer uh, in Croke Park uh, as soon as we can Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Rory here with you until 7pm. You join us on the day where Cork have been crowned All-Ireland Camogie Champions after an impressive win 
over Waterford today, winning by 19 points. Hopefully hear from some of the Cork team before we get out of here at uh, 7pm. Cork City have equalised against Shamrock Rovers, 38 minutes on the clock. Barry Coffey it was with the goal from a free kick about... 25 yards out, drilled it, drilled it into the back of the net. Really, really good free kick. So Shamrock Rovers won, Cork City won is how it stands there at the moment. And as I was mentioning, it's been a decent Cork City performance um, so far in that game and uh, went behind through that Graham Burke goal. But now they are level on a goal apiece after that stunning free kick from Barry Coffey. Shamrock Rovers won, Cork City won 38 minutes on the clock there. At Tana Stadium. Hopefully, going to go back to Jar before we wrap up in about 15 minutes' time there or thereabouts. But uh, we're going to talk F1 and uh, the F1 season. Uh, a bit of a, a midsummer break at the moment. Uh, Sarah Mackenzie Foley is the Big Red Bench's resident F1 expert. She's been speaking to Jar about the season so far. No, delighted to be joined by resident Corkside FM Formula One expert Sarah Mackenzie Foley on the line to discuss what was a very interesting uh, behind the eventual winner. We all know who that was. Belgian Grand Prix this past weekend and lots of talking points coming out of Spa Francorchamps. So uh, let's let's talk to Sarah. Sarah, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. Thanks, Ger. Happy to be here. Yes, and I heard you on the radio as well this past weekend. Uh, I, like yourself, was watching uh, one of my favourite Grand Prix just visually to look at. But um, there's a couple of big talking points out of the weekend before we talk about the Grand Prix itself and the result. So, uh, you wanted to talk about the sprint format. Um, and apart from, you know, what was a pretty obvious uh, procession, let's be honest about it, in the actual Grand Prix itself, the sprint format uh, was, a, was a nice contrast the day before. Yeah, I think it's, it's a tough one because Spa is, as you said, such an iconic track and yet you wouldn't necessarily think of testing the sprint format there because obviously it tends to have a lot of rain delays, etc. And the sprint does add, you know, different levels of complication to a race weekend that you don't normally get. But I think if we hadn't had it, you know, despite the rain delays, I think it would have been certainly a less entertaining weekend overall. I think the shootout and then the sprint itself were were some of the more interesting points. I think, you know, the, the very wet start to the sprint shootout in particular and then the track drying as steadily as it did and the times falling accordingly, I think that, that just works really well from an entertainment value and it's also really challenging for the teams and the drivers. So, you know, that's kind of what we want to see. And the other piece of that that was interesting to me was that race control purposely did not declare an officially wet track because that would have allowed the teams to use whatever tyres they wanted, whereas the FIA is is trying to get them to stick to a new format of using particular tyres for each part of the qualifying session. So I think the the complexity of the sprint actually worked in Spa's favour. I think if we had just had three long free, free practice sessions, I think it could have been quite boring. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And also, you you, you mentioned the, the rain delays and all the weather, obviously, that comes with Belgium. It's it's usually, and it was interesting in the race itself, a lot of questions uh, in the pit crews were, were about tyre choice and what to go with and when to go with it. But the rain delays in the actual sprint format uh, certainly um, added to the intrigue and, uh, and ended up at Verstappen um, losing out on some, well, it didn't really matter at the end of the day, but he did lose out on some, on some podium, uh, or sorry, uh, grid positions. Yeah, and I think a you know huge final flying lap for Oscar Piastri in particular in the sprint qualifying three 
he put himself, you know, not only on the front row for the, the sprint race, but he was only 11 milliseconds behind Max Verstappen. And unfortunately, as, as we know, Piastri went on to, to have to retire in the race itself, which was really disappointing. But I think he is very much proving himself to be a very capable young driver. And I think most importantly, you know, not easily rattled or afraid of things. I really think he, he's going out there with a kind of sense of fearlessness that, you see from really talented drivers who go on to achieve great things. So I think it was really good to see him see him do that and uh, and keep going with the performance obviously that McLaren has found lately after their upgrades have come in. Which makes that first corner at the start, Sarah, all the more frustrating. I'm just like you. I was watching Piastri. I could see, you know, I was dying to see what was Perez going to do, you know, in pole position under pressure with Red, you know, in the Red Bull. But Piastri making contact, it just ruined what would have been a very interesting afternoon. Other than that, so I suppose, is that really the most frustrating thing from McLaren's point of view that they had those upgrades as you spoke about? They were looking at a little bit more quicker, and Piastri seemed to have that injection of confidence that comes with a new driver, you know, when they're new on the block, that they realise that they have control of the car now, they're they're comfortable with it. And just that first corner collision just ruined what would have been a very, very interesting weekend for him and certainly for McLaren. Yeah, agreed. I think McLaren potentially were in for a fairly strong point haul there because even though Lando Norris in the other McLaren who who did finish the race struggled towards the kind of first half, once it started to rain, the McLaren really came alive and he managed to bring himself right from the back of the, the standings right up to finish in P7. So if you think about that improvement over the course of the race, I think looking at what Piastri could have achieved, I don't know if there could have been a podium, but I think he could have been very close. And it is, you know, it's disappointing. I think Carlos Sainz kind of, obviously the other car that lost out massively there, in that turn one incident, he kind of alluded to maybe it was a bit of an experience. And, you know, maybe he's right, but I, I think no matter what, some some very promising and very exciting signals from Oscar Piastri for sure going forward. Yes, and I think it's a good point you make as well about the Ferrari and the collision, considering that Leclerc, Charles Leclerc ended up finishing third. Um, and I know we're kind of going to jump back and talk about Red Bull because we have to talk about them. But, like, you, you were also speaking about the fact there was a small reprieve for the teams after a tough time in, in recent weeks and I think Ferrari play into that headline because Leclerc taking a podium finish considering you know Ferrari have been playing second fiddle I think to to, to Alpine definitely they're, they're, on their, they're on their heels and certainly McLaren in recent weeks and Fernando Alonso that's a big big boost for Leclerc and even bigger boost for Ferrari Absolutely I think you know obviously disappointing for science but Leclerc drove a pretty solid race. You know, there was no major issues during the race as far as strategy or anything like that. We've seen a lot of, you know, driver-driven, I hate to say it, but that's the the right way to describe it, uh, strategy called from Ferrari in the last couple of races, which is sort of, it feels a bit off, you know. I mean, the driver should absolutely have a say in what happens, but at the end of the day, it's the pit wall that should be making the right calls. So I think definitely a nice consistent weekend for Ferrari which is is really what they've been struggling for it's not just performance or season it's just consistency and I think a little bit unfortunate for them that we are going into this couple of weeks break now but hopefully they can still carry that momentum and that consistency in post-summer break because I think you know we've said this many times before and I think the majority of F1 fans no matter who they're supporting would agree that 
in general, F1 is, is a better spectacle when Ferrari are able to compete. So hopefully they'll be able to do that in the latter half of the season. No, I can tell you as a as a as a prancing horse fan that that is very <laughs> very true, Sarah. And uh, any chink of light at all that we can see with that Ferrari, considering it's such a difficult uh, course in terms of downforce and in terms of car setup, I think that's a real boost for Ferrari. I think Leclerc coming in third shows that there's there is pace in that car between here and the end of the season, and you know a couple of more podiums, and all of a sudden things aren't looking as bad. You mentioned I mentioned Alpine as well, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly once again. Um, I think consistency, is that the term you'd use to describe those two? Yeah, I think obviously they'd have two, they'd had two double DNS in the last two races and during the week, a lot of their leadership team got the boot, which, you know, that goes into a lot of very difficult territory and at the end of the day, it's the drivers who are out there on track trying to sort of bring some positivity and some energy back and I think Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly both looked very good, very quick, and competitive during the race. I think, you know, Akron in particular pulled off some, some great overtakes and had some great racing during the Grand Prix. He finished in the points and Pierre Gasly was just outside it in P11. But I think, as I said, they both looked very competitive and considering what they've been through lately, I think that's going to be a, you know, a big kind of, a big relief and just a positive boost for the whole team because, you know, change is harder than any organisation. And I think when, it's an organisation where the stakes are constantly so high. It's got to be a really difficult environment to, to kind of stay confident and stay positive. So hopefully the drivers will have been able to give that to the team with their performances. Yeah, definitely. I think they have and I think they do look consistent. Um, paces, obviously, they don't have the parts that the teams above them are, or maybe even don't necessarily have the budget to compete even with new parts between here and the end of the season but certainly if they can keep that car on the track between now and the end of the season now you could have retirements you don't know what's going to happen I think Alpine are well primed to take possibly a podium there but ahead of them you've got Mercedes I mean we've, we've talked a lot about Mercedes over, over the last few weeks fourth and seventh isn't bad and sixth sorry isn't bad considering um, you know a lot of changes and, and update, upgrades on that car Fernando Alonso coming in fifth he looked good at, at the start of the race and came back into it Lando was being Lando finishing seventh I would imagine he's disappointed with but I just wanted to mention before we move on to the to talk about the winners finally um, the usual Red Bull slot I wanted to mention um, Alfa Tauri because Daniel Ricciardo we spoke at length about him last week back in the Alfa Tauri he finished 16th and he was never really on the pace all weekend in my opinion but Yuki mm. Sonoda hello Yuki mm. Sonoda where the hell did 10 plays come from did somebody just kind of remind him oh yeah it's all we're all talking about Daniel Ricciardo but what about me brilliant drive to finish in the top 10 Absolutely, I agree, and a great point to bring up. I think Yuki, unfortunately, ever since he was a rookie, has sort of been overlooked. I, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I think he's actually been more consistent and improved more than people give him credit for in a car that, unfortunately, has actually been decreasing in performance since he joined the team. So, I think definitely massive P10 for him, and as you said, in that sort of undertone that personal battle that is evidently you know must be going on between those two drivers Ricardo and Sonoda I think that is a big win for him particularly because Daniel Ricardo when he did come back for his first Grand Prix last week last week I think you know he looked great and, and he had a great performance so definitely I think Sonoda as you said telling people look don't write me off just yet and I think he probably feels that he should be in the conversation for that second seat at Red Bull, whatever happens to Perez. So obviously he's going to have to prove that if he wants to be considered. 
Yeah, I think that's fair, but it was just brilliant to see him doing so well, keeping his cool as well. He was under quite a lot of pressure from some of the more established drivers. He didn't do anything stupid, which sometimes he has, and as you said in the past, he can do that a little bit. Rookie errors, but no, top 10, well done to him. Finally, obviously, the winner of the race over the weekend was never really in doubt, but you know, as usual, Max had to put a different headline, different spin on it with some of his antics and some of his comments to his uh, race engineer. But what about Perez, um, Sarah? Because he, he had pole position, he finished second, um, but the one thing for me is right at that point where Verstappen came up behind him in the gearbox, I was kind of going, go on, weave a bit there, make him work for it. It was never going to happen. But um, what's your take on, on Red Bull this past weekend? I mean, they're out in front now, they're not going to be stopped, but this past weekend, what did you think? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think Piastri was very, very close on Saturday. I think unfortunately that was the most sort of under pressure we saw them I think there was nothing else that was really going to to worry them that much you know you mentioned Perez obviously starting from pole and Max did have that five place grid penalty for an extra gearbox but it just wasn't enough you know I think Sergio Perez would have needed a, a lot more cars in between him and, and Verstappen to make any kind of impact on the race and you know you mentioned he obviously didn't put up a fight you know, when, when Max passed him, I I don't really think he had a choice. I think that that time is sort of gone now. And he ended up finishing an entire 22 seconds behind Verstappen. And it's just, you have to start wondering, you know, is he underperforming in that car? You can understand Red Bull looking around and thinking, right, who else could we put in this that's hungrier or that isn't going to question as much their place in the team or you know, all these things that they just sort of don't want to be dealing with with Sergio Perez. And it was just unfortunate, really, to to see him not be able to make more of an impact and have more of a stamp on the race. He said in the post-race interviews he's going to not be off the podium for the remainder of the season. I personally think think that's a, a very wishful thinking kind of claim, to be honest. Yes, as do I, but I think he's just trying to, I think maybe he's one eye in next season perhaps uh, and looking ahead to that. But as it stands, uh, there's only one man in that Red Bull and one man in that Red Bull for years to come, I think. If they hold on to Adrian Newey and they keep upgrading the car, doesn't matter who his partner is going to be. And uh, maybe, just maybe, Czech will be better off with a different team where he could reignite his career again. I don't know, but look. Yeah, it's Jeremy McCarthy there in conversation with us. Sarah McKenzie Foley as my alarm goes off on my phone for some reason. Um, where I've cut that short because... Um, we have some reaction uh, from Croke Park now Jer has been chatting very briefly to uh, Amy O'Connor Amy O'Connor hat-trick hero All-Ireland champion how does this feel? Unbelievable like a dream um, yeah hard to put it into words to be honest three goals in three minutes did you even think I didn't even think you, were, you could manage that but you finished them brilliantly but what about the build-up play? Ah sure it was easy just to tap them in you know all the girls did all the hard work uh, I had the easy job of putting them into the net so yeah, just delighted. And just finally, because I know they're celebrating and it's pouring rain, but what does this mean after the last two years' heartache? Unbelievable. It's just relief. That's the word I would use yeah. to describe it. So, yeah, we're just delighted. We look forward to this now. <laughs> Go enjoy it, girl. You deserve it. Well done. Thank you. That's a relief there, as Amy O'Connor put it. Um, absolutely fantastic stuff um, from the Rebels today. Beating Waterford 5-13 to nine points in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship final a hat-trick for Amy O'Connor who just heard from uh, Sark McCart and Fiona Keating also finding the net it's uh, the first time they've won the O'Duffy Cup f- uh, since 2018 after the heartbreak of the last two years losing on final day for Cork to get over the line it's just absolutely 
incredible stuff uh, indeed uh, let's hear now from uh, Ashton Thompson uh, who's been chatting to Unbelievable! I think we just came so far I think obviously in the beginning of the year things were very questionable and you know I think just as the year went on we kind of had to take a step back and say look you know we're not doing ourselves any justice especially with the last four years four seasons you could say without silverware like it's just been extremely disappointing and Sometimes you just need those rough starts at the season to check yourself and I think that's exactly what we did. Individuals went away, they worked on themselves and just to be here today to get over Kilkenny, Galway and then over Waterford in the final is just surreal. Like It's, it's extremely hard to put into words but I'm just so, so proud of everyone. A panel effort to share out and a team effort. Fair comment? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was probably the difference behind it all. Like, I think Cork have probably struggled massively in terms of having a good, you know, 2025 to bring on to that team. And not only was there competition on the first 15, there was competition on the bench. You know, and, and that's kind of the way the game has gone too. I mean, it's so physical. It's There's so much athleticism in the game that 40, 45 minutes, do you know what I mean, is enough for a player to give, especially on All-Ireland final day. And for the girls to come off the bench, the likes of Clean Healy, Orla Cronin, Orla Cahillan, you've Laura Hayes that came in there today, Maeve Murphy. Do you know, and then the extended panel, like the likes of Kate Wall, Emma Murphy, who would have all got shouts like during the year, Ali Smith. It's just... Those girls have probably been the ones driving it in training and the reason why we're here today. Congratulations. Go enjoy it. Thank you so much. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Cork are the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Champions for the first time since 2018. It's been an incredible journey for this Cork team and they are now... Uh, the champions after losing the last two years it's just been absolutely incredible for them congratulations indeed um, to everyone involved in the Cork panel uh, from the management backroom team and the players and indeed all the Cork supporters who are up in Croke Park today as they always are when Cork are in an All-Ireland final be it Camogie uh, Hurling Football Ladies Football Cork support always always phenomenal on final day absolutely fantastic to see it and uh, it's great to be able to round off the show today by saying Cork are the All-Ireland Camogie Champions for 2018 brilliant brilliant stuff indeed and as I mentioned just congratulations to all of them uh, just going to have a lot more audio we're going to try and put that up online a little bit later on as well if you missed any of uh, tonight's show you'll get it on the Big Red Bench podcast uh, redfm.e subscribe to uh, the Big Red Bench in your podcast provider and you'll get it there and uh, as I mentioned Joe's going to have a lot more audio from Crawl Park it's just a bit of a nightmare trying to get it now with all the celebrations at the moment but we will get more from it and we'll stick that up online a little bit later on in the evening but thank you very much indeed guys for listening to the Big Red Bench Cork are the All-Ireland Champions brilliant absolutely absolutely brilliant we're back next Saturday at 6pm Green and Red is up next three hours of the best Irish music coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday, folks. Looks like we might get some sun for the Monday as well, which is great. A nice little day today as well. But enjoy the rest of your bank holiday, folks. We'll talk to you next week. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.